morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Mario, also known as the Node Defender, is joining us. And we got the live chat joining us today. And we got plenty of questions for you as well. So I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Gary Gensler announced new news regarding a Bitcoin ETF, stating that he has 8 to 12 approvals sitting on his desk. With an, with an anticipated approval coming in Q1 of 2024, we discussed the impact of USA spot Bitcoin products. As Ripple is continuing to extend their products worldwide, we break down the details, showing 500 partnerships established over the last two and a half years. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, I just want to preface this. I copy and pasted the wrong introduction. We are going over a Ripple CBDC report. We'll talk about partnerships as well, but the CBDC report is what the main topic is. So I just want to correct myself there. First of all, how you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. Uh, abs, I'm feeling great. And today, guys, is a very, very special day because 26 years ago our man abs here was bored so i want to wish you a happy happy hatch day you were hatched out we're very very happy that it happened i'm so happy and so is the rest of the community so happy hatch day abs and uh and to all the warrior manics out there good morning we love you and appreciate you and can't wait to hop into it and it's so special we got our friend mario here today on friday mario i'm happy to see you buddy absolutely mario and it is my birthday but let's not forget guys it's conspiracy friday as well and we're talking about some exciting information i also want to say thank you for all the birthday congratulations i turned 26 today and that's really exciting but i want to give oh, a shout man. out to my parents my <laughs> parents are definitely watching so thank you i have some of the best not some of i have the best parents out there so i just want to give a shout out to my mom and my dad but mario with that being said, let's start the show in the correct way. How are you feeling, my friend? And thanks for being here. I'm feeling great. It is definitely a special Friday and it's your birthday. And that's why I had to be here. But good morning, everyone. Sending everybody love out there. Good morning to Abs's parents. Good morning, Star. Good morning to all our listeners. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning, Abs. Let's have an amazing show. Happy birthday, brother. Thank you, you know, so the much. The only guys. thing we forgot is the hat. Abs, where's the birthday hat? You need to put the birthday. You know, hat. I almost wore the XRP is not a security hat. No, no, Just no, no, no. I want the pointy like birthday hat. You need to get a birthday hat. <laughs> Listen, guys, we got some exciting content to get into. We're not going to talk about my birthday all day. I promise our listeners that much. We're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we check out some of our daily movers this morning, Johnny, look at this. ICP token is up 16%. And believe it or not, this is one that I've been watching for several months. I don't own a lot of this token, but it's one that I've been keeping an eye on. Infinite supply here though. So watch out guys, something to keep in mind. When we check out our Merlin market update this morning, we are sitting at 1.58 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 52% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. Bitcoin sitting at 41,800, Ethereum 2200, XRP is 62 cents, and we got Cardano trading oh, at 62 cents this morning. And Johnny, we got 322 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for being here to start this Friday morning. We are going to start this show off by reminding the people of this statement that Brian Brooks made 
in regards to Jamie Dimon's quotes last week. So everybody, we're going to talk about XRP. We're going to talk about XLM, but I think it's important to paint the picture of where American regulation is today. And just last week, we had one of the most powerful men in America, JP Morgan CEO, Jamie Dimon said he would close down Bitcoin. If he were the U S government, the only true use case here is for criminals, drug traffickers, money laundering, and tax avoidance. Well, this is where Brian Brooks comes in, Johnny Crypto. And what he's describing is how crypto, it's not a threat to the United States dollar, but instead, this is a threat to the traditional. With that being said, guys, we're going to kick it over to Brian Brooks. Here we go. Cryptocurrency does not seek to replace currency. It's a bad name. Cryptocurrency seeks to replace banking. The core things that banks have done since the 1300s, those are going to go away. 100%. And, and let's just be clear what I mean by that. The reason that we even have banks, banks originated in Italy around the year like 1340, all right? And the reason they originated was because of a set of accounting advances that allowed banks to serve as trusted intermediaries between parties that owed each other money. Before that, literally, I would write you a note and I would promise to pay you money and you'd put the note in your pocket and you'd see if anybody else would take the note. You know, that's, that's why we refer to discounting notes. And then banks arose, and it was like, you no longer need to do that. We'll take care of it for you, but you're going to have to pay us to do that. That function of needing a trusted intermediary to maintain ledgers of account to figure out, do I owe Brooks money or does Brooks owe me money? It turns out that function no longer has to be done by human beings. The same way we don't need postal clerks anymore. I can send you an email for free, and it's instant, and that's just the end of the post office. Sorry, but it just is. That function will go away. The, the, what's going to be left for banks is the high value add services, you know, structured finance, investment advisory, you know, uh, all of the things that make a dynamic economy function. We, we still need people to do that. There's a lot of creativity going on in finance. But the core of banking, the base of the pyramid, the thing that drives most of their revenue doesn't need to exist. And that's why I say, and I was saying to one of the organizers, even before we stood up on this panel, cryptocurrency does not seek to replace currency. It's a bad name. Cryptocurrency seeks to replace banking. Just if you take nothing from this panel but that, that's what you need to understand. Johnny Crypto, and we just figured out why Jamie Dimon is so anti-crypto floors. Yeah, I mean, Brian Brooks did a fantastic job there of summarizing exactly what's happening here is the old Medici system that you know, Yusko talked about where, uh, where, where this is going away. Um, but the, the idea of, hey, I keep a note, you keep a note, we know who owns who, that, that's all going away. We aren't going to need that anymore. Now we're going to have basically a trust. That's a truth system. Now we're moving to the trust system where it's going to be automated. And, and so all it means, Abs, is this, that the banking system is going to have to evolve. It can no longer count on that piece of functionality to generate income. But as he said, rightfully so, and they will, they'll reinvent themselves. They'll switch to other higher profitable services, you know, as you talked about things like, you know, complex banking or, or in investment advisory, things like that. There will be new things that will come up that the banks will make profit off of, of this kind of thing. So don't think the banks are going to go out of business. No, they're not. They're going to fight it. And then when they lose, right, then they join you. But the, the, the reason why they join you, Abs, is because they're going to turn it into some other, some other profit center. And let me remind you of this. I think a lot of people were critical of Mike Novengratz last week when he said positive things about Ripple for the first time in, I believe, like two or three years. 
The whole reason that we debate these topics, Johnny, is so eventually these people can join our side. And I think that what Brian Brooks is explaining there is that the reason that traditional banks have been so anti-crypto is it threatens their business model. Even if they're not going to go away, we are going to see a massive hit at the banks. They make over $7 trillion a year just transferring our money cross-border. Imagine when you take into account how much money they make lending out other people's wealth. Think about that. Um, the 50,000 fake fake numbers here, the 50,000 that I would traditionally make from my paycheck, put in my bank account and then sit there, they could lend that out at 90% rate. And I don't want to bore people with, with, the, with the specifics of that, but everybody who knows what I'm saying knows exactly what I'm saying. You can multiply money and that's what the bank does. So removing the, the savings accounts, putting it back in the hands of the everyday investor, that's going to hurt the bank's business model even more so than cross-border payments. So I think yes we're talking about no. a lot of different Yes aspects. and no, because think about this. They may be you know, losing maybe some fiat, but now if they're going to custody your crypto, what do you think they're going to do with your crypto apps? <laughs> the same thing. They're going to apply that same concept of, hey, you know, we're going to just turn your crypto and lend that shit out 10x too. So to me, Abs, I think they're going to find a way, they always do, to spin this into something very positive. And, you know, I just want to call out that. So you just heard from Brian Brooks. Not only did Italy provide, you know, provide great food, provide the banking system, you know, but our man Alchemist also likes to point out that Italy provided the mafia, which, I, you know, I mean, certainly I know a lot of people are very synonymous to it. But just so you know, every country has its own mafia. But nonetheless... The point. Let me make my point because maybe you misunderstood. What I was trying to say is that as more people go into crypto, more people are self-custodying. That money would traditionally end up in banks. If that continues to happen, that's a larger threat to their business model than cross-border payments. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some of that, but you're, you know, let's face it: the big banks that get involved in this, and the big, you know, in institutions that really were going to drive it, they're going to, they're not going to custody it themselves. They'll custody with Medico. Yeah, let's hope so, right? <laughs> we'll see. We'll have to see how that will play. And, you know, so let me bring that up. That's a good point. So let's say medical abs becomes like, I'm just making this up, but one of the larger custodies for crypto. Yep. Well, guess what? They become a prime target for acquisition by a bank. Why wouldn't a bank go buy Medico, absorb them in, and now, boom, now they got all that on the balance sheet, and now they could lend out 10x to that number. See what I mean? You're spot on. And I want to give a shout out to Mentelect, my friend. I feel like hey, I haven't seen him in a while. Oh. Shout out to our OG listener, Mentelect, in the crowd. We love you, man. And Mario, this is what I wanted to get your thoughts yeah. on because we are about to play this video of Gary Gensler updating the public on the, on the uh, approval of a Bitcoin ETF in the USA. This is happening in Q1, and the SEC is going to be forced to address this starting in January. That's why I'm showing this price chart here because I think we can draw a correlation to what the market's about to go through and what has happened in the past. We got 444 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for being here on this Friday. Mario, we briefly broke this down yesterday, but let's readdress this before the Gary Gensler video. History shows us the market is about to explode and the data here really speaks for itself as every Bitcoin having leads to a massive bull market due to a reduction in supply with an increase in demand. In 2012, we saw Bitcoin's having lead to a 105x gain, with Bitcoin going from $11 to $1,150 at its peak. In 2016, during the Bitcoin halving, Bitcoin was $650 and surged to $20,000, which led to a 30x gain. In 2020, at the Bitcoin halving, the price was $8,800, and that led us to just below $70,000, which was a 7.5% gain. And Johnny, I think this is where you're going to like what I did. If this trend continues, 
We're about to get a third of that, which typically tells me Bitcoin will surge two and a half per two and a half X from whatever the price is on the halving date. So for example, if in April of 2024, Bitcoin is $40,000, according to these calculations, our peak price target would be a hundred grand. And so we got to talk about the liquidity that would need, need to come in. And there's a lot of different things we can address here, but I'd love to start with Mario. When you look at things like this, I, I, we, we showed the Gary Gensler video in prep. So you know what he's about to say. Could Is this a connection? Is it fair to draw the connection that this time is a little bit different because not only do we have the halving, we now have spot products being launched in the USA. What's your opinion? Yeah, Abs. Actually, we we discussed this briefly yesterday. But before I give my opinion again, uh, I did on that banking discussion. I did want to say I know Johnny mentioned Medico, but pay attention to Coinbase too. Brian Armstrong yesterday put out a tweet with a link to a Vimeo. I believe it was a Vimeo video where they're they're uh, they're testing out this product for lending and borrowing. And that alone is a big, big threat to banks as well, because now somebody like me can directly lend money and and, and take and take advantage of the uh, the yields that the banks take advantage of. So pay attention to that is uh, very important too. But as far as that question, Abs, I think that that I think that that chart that you showed is a what I consider a conservative prediction. I, I think that that's what's most likely going to happen. Now I know that this time is different. But so is every single time, every single time, every time we have a bull run, there's always a narrative that makes people say this time is different. And I get that we're at the precipice of having this flood of uh, of capital coming into Bitcoin specifically because of the ETF products. I get that. But a part of me is telling me that I need to stay conservative and I need to stay um, methodical with what the charts have given us the past cycles and what the charts is give, have given us is exactly what you're showing right now. We're going to go up to somewhere around 100K. I wouldn't be surprised if we go up a little bit more, maybe 120, because that's what the FIB levels are showing. Uh, and so that's what I'm personally expecting. I know people are hoping we go higher and so am I, but the conservative side of me is telling me that that's the realistic scenario. And in many ways, I agree with you, Mario. And I just want to preface this by me coming up with that uh, $100,000 Bitcoin price target. That's just my own math. So what I did is I I said, let's pretend that Bitcoin's $40,000 on the date of the halving. That would lead me to believe $100,000. But it's looking like we could be well above that price point. And Johnny, if we're sitting at $60,000, 2.5x from there is much higher than what I'm putting up as hundred grand. So I'd like to hear your initial response. First of all, let me let me break down one last statistic. Every year we talk about bull markets and the having being a bullish catalyst. Here's something nobody really talks about. It's typically a year and a half from the having to the peak of the bull market. So get ready. It doesn't mean that when this having occurs, we're going to see an explosion right on that day. It means that over the next 12 months, we will see a steady accumulation of Bitcoin. And I'm sure many altcoins are going to profit as well. So Johnny, floor is yours. Yeah, that's right, Abs. I'm glad you set that up because I think people forget about it. We talk about it all the time. The having occurs, but usually you don't see the real full final peak of the bull run until a year, year and a half later. That's why I tell everybody when I say the bull run of 2024, I actually purpose to say 24 slash 2025 because it's going to run in to some portion of 2025 before we see the, the top there. Now, in terms of your numbers, it, yeah, I won't lie to you. When you first said that, uh, 100K is discouraging for me, to be honest with you. I'm looking for a much higher number in Bitcoin. And the reason why I think it should be higher is I'm thinking because we're going to have the normal, you know, potentially the normal four-year bull cycle we normally get, right? But now we have something new that's never, 
ever happened in any other cycle, Abs. We have the Bitcoin halving, which means that's an additional liquidity event on top of the event that's already come. So for me, you know, I'm expecting Bitcoin to do some big things because of that. And then I'm expecting the altcoin market to benefit as a halo effect from that additional Bitcoin event. So that's how I'm thinking about it. We get 100K, listen, I'm not going to cry about it, but I'm not going to be happy either. I want to see us going into the high, you know, I want to see us get into the high 180s or low twos. That would be, that would be very, very interesting. Good for the overall crypto industry because the, again, more money that floods in, more money that's going to flood into, into potential altcoins. And here's a good sign for you, Johnny Crypto. Gary Gensler is now becoming Bitcoin friendly and nobody says nice words about this man. We're not going to do it either. But here's an exciting update for many of our listeners. As yesterday, Gary Gensler dropped a bombshell on Bitcoin ETF because the SEC chairman said this. The courts have ruled on this and we at the SEC are taking a new look at the spot ETF based upon these court rulings. With 8 to 12 filings under consideration at the SEC, brace for an impact and a takeover on the U.S. stock exchange. Get ready, guys, because remember, before I play this video, Johnny, the reason that this is so important is because... People in their 401ks, once these products are launched, they don't have to go through the learning curve of downloading Coinbase, signing up for a ledger, and figuring out how to get these, these assets. It's all going to be done for them. But it starts with this product being launched on the New York Stock Exchange. And that's what I think we're on the precipice of here. As Gary Gensler is now indicating, we will need to address these Bitcoin products in Q1 of 2024. With that being said, here's the latest stuff. process going for a spot bitcoin etf i know you're facing a window in early january what does that look like well sarah we have i think it's between eight and a dozen filings I, i'm a chair of a commission i'm not to prejudge anything so that's going through the process right now uh and as you might know uh we had in the past uh uh denied a number of these applications but the courts uh here in the district of columbia uh weighed in on that. And so we're taking a new look at this uh, based upon those court rulings. Market's excited about it. And you're referring to the approval process. Mario, floor is yours. Yep. I think, I think that these, these are the kind of uh, things we need to, we need to pay attention to because he's giving out very strong hints there. And uh, look, I, I don't have a doubt that this ETF product is going to get, is going to get uh, approved. I really think that we, we will see uh, one, if not multiple. I mean, if they approve BlackRock, they got to approve everybody else. And the same thing for if they approve one of them, they got to approve everybody else. But I really think that these black these uh, ETF products for Bitcoin are going to get approved. And I think that that's extremely bullish for, for, the, for the space. I mean, when we look at the history of cryptocurrency... We continuously hear people or we continuously hear these, these uh, influential people call crypto a uh, tool that's used for nefarious activities. We finally have an event that is basically giving clarity around Bitcoin. It's saying, look, we trust this product so much that we're going to offer it as, as an ETF. And that's huge. At the same time, it, it's going completely against what Bitcoin was created for, which was a decentralized product. So it's bringing, in, bringing it in more centralized. But... I think that Gary Gensler um, has been very, uh, he's been very open to his opinion around Bitcoin. Uh, we still have a question mark on Ethereum, but I think as far as Bitcoin 
it's safe to assume it's going to get approved. I wouldn't be surprised if it does not for whatever reason, but we know we've we've got BlackRock in the game. And Johnny, I know you're smiling, so you've got you've probably got some interesting thing to say. Well, I'm just smiling because we get to see two WWE heel turns this year. First, we saw Fink heel turn and go from anti-crypto to positive crypto. And now you're seeing Gary kind of start to make the move to become a crypto good guy. And, you know, or at least at least a Bitcoin good guy. Let's start with that. Let's baby steps. But yeah, so we're getting two heel turns, two heel turns in the same year. I mean, guys, if you can't see the writing on the wall, Jesus Christ almighty, I don't know what else to tell you guys. I mean, everybody is signaling and knowing that this Bitcoin ETF is coming and it's going to do something, you know, good for the industry. And everybody wants to get in. And abs, I'll be honest with you. Well, another one of my best friends reached out to me the other day. And you know what his question was? He's like, hey, how do I get exposure to Bitcoin? So it's starting to happen. People, some people are starting to pay attention. And frankly, a lot of it is because I've been talking to him about it, right? Johnny, if you listen close enough, you can hear the sheep on the horizon. I'm telling you. <laughs> you can I'm hear just them. kidding. It's, you can hear them. You can hear a few of them coming aboard. Um, but the reality is, you know, a lot of them are going to miss the, miss the train. But um, it is certainly starting to feel like, you know, with everything in place now, that the, that you're going to start to get that narrative shift pretty soon. And they're going to spin up the media channels. And over the next year, year and a half, you're just going to hear about crypto is the next best thing, just as good as sliced bread. Here's the reality, Johnny Crypto. One of the things that I think is happening right now is a complete 180 from the Bitcoin advocates. And I'm, I'm sure many people weren't anticipating the conversation would go this way. But let me ask you something. When you're looking at Bitcoin investors in particular, many of them originally bought the product because they wanted a decentralized asset that they controlled, right? That's the whole narrative behind Bitcoin. Well, what's happening with these ETFs? Bitcoin's being massively bought up off the market. It's being controlled by just a couple large companies and the mining hash rate is also controlled by only two companies. So over 51% of the hash rate on Bitcoin is controlled by two companies. We are seeing the centralization of Bitcoin happen before our eyes. And for some reason, nobody's addressing this. Instead, it's being celebrated because of short-term price action. Maybe I'm one of the people who falls into that category. But I think we got to talk about it right now. Is this actually a good thing for crypto when you zoom out and don't take price into account? Well, so here's the thing. You're 100% spot on. That Mute it for me. Well, yeah, okay. I, I'm muted for since your birthday. I'm a, you know what's funny? Thank I, you, good sir. I'm muted for you. I, uh, of course, people always got to text when I'm live. But, um, you know, abs. Oh, frick, I forgot where I was going with the thought on that one because I had a – what was the question again? The question was, is the centralization of Bitcoin good? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's leading to short-term price action. People are excited. But if you really zoom out and you look at this 10 years away, Bitcoin's not going to be decentralized if we continue on this pace. So here's what's happening. You just nailed it. You nailed something that's so important. Is this thing started out as an alternative to the banking industry, an alternative to you know another solution when the banking industry collapsed, right? And so you've seen over the next, since it launched in 2008 or nine, you've seen over the past 15 years or 14 years that it's basically been you know amongst us nerdy geeky people right and we've been using it for another source of whatever you know be able to transfer and pay you know payment it's now being hijacked in taking over think about how brilliant this is it was totally a threat to the banking system right but now it's not 
it actually got hijacked in Mario. You're too funny. It actually got high. You know, just for the record, I was, let me just say this right now. So I, 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 I'm having like a, a hives reaction. So I had to take some Benadryl just so you know, guys. Let me tell you. Yeah, I'm starting to feel very tired. Okay, so if I feel like I'm enjoying, I just want to make a full disclosure, right? So I'm feeling a little tired. I just need a heavy light. I'm not high. I'm just listen. Tired. You're still bringing the fire, my friend. Whether right. you're conscious of it or not, the people want to hear from you. And we got oh, 578 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And just to bring our attention back to the original question, Johnny, is this whole narrative good for crypto investors? Yeah. yeah. So oh, let okay. me get there. So what you nailed was spot on. They they, they saw this thing as a threat and said, "Oh my god, what are we gonna do?" Well, there's two things you do: you either kill it or you bring it in. They, they, I think they first tried to kill it and realized we can't kill this thing. So it's okay. Can't kill it. Next day, we'll join it. And they pulled it in and sucked it in. And like you said, now it's controlled by just a few miners. BlackRock and the whole world is going to have Bitcoin ETFs. It's all going to get consolidated. It's all being brought into one place. And now it's going to be controlled. Okay. So that's, that's point number one. Now, in terms of to your question, is that good or bad? Well, the alternative is they kill it. If they killed that, it would have killed the crypto market. So that would not be a good solution for us. So I'd have to say by default, even though it's not good that it's being centralized and controlled by just a small amount of people, the reality is it's that alternative is better than the other alternative of being shut down and killed and then not having giving crypto industry a chance. So I, I think that's that a massive people, concession. Massive concession. So you're yeah, saying there's no there's no chance of success. And I saw Mario unmuted himself. Mario, give yeah. us a response. We'll kick it right back to Johnny. I, I was just going to say, I think the decentralized idea is a misconception in, in and of itself. Because it, it's not, nothing is is truly decentralized. Yes, it is. The, these, these different cryptos can be decentralized to an extent. But if we just think about, for example, some of these projects that need to have a net, you know, all these projects need to have a network. They run on the internet. Well, where what is the main infrastructure for the internet who owns the the primary infrastructure for the internet that alone tells us that there's there's no way that we can have true decentralization when it comes to uh, a crypto asset and as we're looking into bitcoin i mean it's going in the in the direction of central centralization more and more as the time passes and and these etf products are just another thing to add to the list that brings it even more centralized so i, I just I think decentralized is a hype word, and we've had people on the show also share that opinion, and I agree with them. I think that it's, it's none of these projects are really truly decentralized. No, but it was when it started. It was. It was. Right? It's getting hijacked. That's the problem. That that's exactly the, the thing, Mark. It was because you could have a computer at home mining your Bitcoin. Right. You can't do that anymore. You know the the the, right. the 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 bulk of mining is happening in these pools, and these pools in in, in like themselves are centralized. So. Yeah, no, you're right. That's the whole thing. Which I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, I'm just. Well, it's not a bad thing because if it wasn't that alternative, it would have gotten squashed and killed, right? So I think at the end of the day, it's all in everybody's best interest to see it. Listen, Bitcoin is going to put crypto on. uh, Bitcoin is the face of, of crypto, right? Just like Hulk Hogan was the face of WWE and The Rock and Stone Cold, right? Crypto, Bitcoin, sorry, Bitcoin, Bitcoin is the face of crypto. You don't want to see that going down. So the alternative is if it went down, it would be a bad thing. I think in this case, it's going to survive. It's going to be here. It's going to be in everybody's 401k. People are going to get exposure to it, and it's going to drive the market. 
All right. So last last concession here. Last thing I want to make note of. So are you saying that this is good or bad? I just want to get an answer. Yes or no in your personal opinion. I yes. know it's nuanced. For the 12th time. I understand how complicated it is. For the 12th time, yes. It's good because in lieu of the alternative, which is killing it, it's bad, right? That would hurt the industry as a whole. You have to look at the other side and say, you know, yeah, I don't like the fact that it's going to be kindly highly centralized. But what's the alternative? If it's killed, that ain't good either. So in this case, you because you want to see it survive, because it drives the crypto market, in that event, I'm saying for that reason, it's good because the alternative is if it's dead, that don't help us at all. There's no such, I'm not going to bore our listeners. We got 591 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. The reason I don't want to bore our listeners is because the title of today's episode is XRP and XLM. Let's dive into that content right here, Johnny Crypto, because this this is a brand new report released out of Ripple. And what are they doing here? Or sorry, this isn't released out of Ripple. Ripple is an official partner of this organization. And this was released last night. So I'm just going to read the key stats. And these pretty much speak for themselves. So let me just zoom in here. And let's talk about this. So the key findings of this, and obviously key partner Ripple here, 38% of central banks said financial inclusion was a primary motivation for pursuing a CBDC in all forms of the emerging markets. 41% of central banks expect to launch a CBDC by 2028. 46% of central banks said low adoption was their biggest concern when considering a CBDC, but only 21% intend to work with marketing advisors. 17% of central banks are aiming to decrease the share of cross-border trade style settled in dollars. I think this is a misleading stat. I definitely, we can talk about that. 72% of central banks are unsure that blockchain or distributed ledger technology will be used in the future of our payment system. Let's pause and let's address this. Obviously, Ripple is a sponsor of this, Johnny. But as I'm reading this, they don't indicate which banks were voting, who really uh, contributed here. So I just want to get your immediate reaction before I give my take and kick tomorrow. What is your response? 72% of central banks are unsure about blockchain or distributed ledger technology. I find that very misleading. Johnny Crypto. Oh, sorry. I was on mute there. So, you know, Abs, I think at the end of the day, the writing's on the wall that this is coming. And, you know, 72% of central banks unsure that blockchain technology will be used in the future. That's kind of contradictory to the statement. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Go back up. That's a little contradictory to the statement above. It says 41%. Expect to have a central bank launch by 2028. So, which is it? 41% want it, but then you're saying 70% you know, are unsure that it's going to be used. I, I mean, I guess they're two different things. Um, but here's the thing, too distributed ledger technology, isn't it? Like, that's not even crypto. That's like a function that crypto uses. So, stating that they're unsure about distributed ledger technology. It, that tells me that's like my BS indicator is literally, I can't stop it from going off. It's just ringing well, in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the funny thing here is they're saying that they expect this to be, you know, all launched around the 2028 timeframe maps, right? Now, if they're saying 2028, it's going to be 2030 because they're always late. And that's number one. And number two, what have I been telling you on this show for two years? Everybody bashes me for been saying we're five to 10 years away from real world utility. If you put it in 2028, well, that's five years away, folks. And it ain't going to be there. It's going to be late. Just like the ISO launcher's late, the Flare launcher's late, Merlin was late, software takes time. Things are going to be late, right? I even throw myself in there. So the reality is it's going to be 2030, and you're looking at seven to eight years before you even get the real start of utility. And um, spot online, what I've been thinking.
Mario, give me your reaction. Then we're going to talk about XRP price chart. Yeah, I think some of those statistics are, are, are inaccurate just from my perspective, just from what I've been hearing a lot of these uh, uh, banks and, and, and the, the executives from the banks, some of the statements that they've made. I mean, we've heard multiple times them um, discussing DLT. There's research being done around DLT. Bank of America's got the most amount of pat patents when it comes to blockchain. I don't think they would be putting the time and resources into something that wasn't going to be the, the future or even adopted. And let's face it, we don't have another type of technology. Um, are my eyes deceiving me? Am I seeing this? No, you're Sorry, not. Guys, I had to oh, stop. She made it. She <laughs> made, it. made her return. Welcome yes! to the Yes. Is this my birthday gift? Birthday gift for abs. Fantastic. Look at that. This is, this is. All right. See you guys later. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie's in. Jackie's out. So Jackie, is there anything on your mind you want to continue with our content? Um, let's just continue on catch up to speed. I did want to say happy birthday abs and Thank you so man, much. I miss you guys. I do miss you guys, but yes, let's, let's just keep it rolling. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to throw anybody off. So let's wrap and roll guys. And we appreciate you being here, Jackie. So thank you. Another great birthday gift, another surprise this morning. So just to give you a quick rundown, what we were talking about is the impact of Gary Gensler's ETF product. And yesterday he put out a really big, bold statement where he said he has eight to 12 filings currently sitting on his desk. And because of court rulings, he's going to be forced to address that decision. Now, Johnny, look at the screen. It speaks for itself. Every time we get a Bitcoin having massive price action comes into the market. The reason that we're talking about this is because this time is slightly different. With Bitcoin having official spot products launched in the USA, this is a narrative we heard in 2017. It's a narrative we heard in 2021. But for the first time ever in 2024, these products are being launched. And that's really exciting. What we were just breaking down was a Ripple CBDC report. And the reason that we were talking about that is because the XRP price chart is looking more bullish than ever. And we're going to draw that connection right now, guys. But we got 575 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for being here on this Friday. Johnny Crypto, I'm going to give you the floor. But first, get ready for this information. XRP could be forming the largest bull flag in crypto history at least that's what the data says. As XRP has been trading below all-time high, which is $3.84, for 2,165 days. Many believe this was due to the SEC labeling XRP as an unregistered security in December of 2020. Well, here's a little background. The SEC's lawsuit against Ripple and XRP sent shockwaves through the crypto industry, leading to alleged price suppression during the 2021 bull run. Trading hurdles, liquidity issues, and US dollar conversions all ensued because XRP was listed as an unregistered security. Well, two things have happened since. Number one, July 17th, 2023, this court case was officially over, Johnny Crypto. And we got the price action here to prove it. Now, this is a monthly candle, so you can barely see it. But this candle right here, that is the court ruling. What I think is happening right now is we're on the precipice of two things, a bull market and slightly some utility entering the conversation but with the bear market behind us and the lawsuit off our back i'd love to hear what are you anticipating if we were to break out johnny is this finally the moment xrp investors six and a half years 2165 days i don't even know what what's a good analogy for that i can't even think of something floor is yours my friend <laughs> uh, abs we are getting close my friend it feels i mean when you look at that bullfight chart look at that thing you can see we're coming to the point 
where a decision factor has to happen and, and it's either up or down. And usually in this form factor, and you can literally look at the prior one, it's literally a duplicate of the one below it. Um, it just feels like we're on the precipice of something big happening here. Finally, for a long time, we've all been waiting. I did read in the chat, a couple of people sold their XRP and bought all this stuff. <laughs> you may want to buy some XRP back because you're going to be pissed with that thing. And too. ironically, we have 589 live listeners. Oh my God, 589. <laughs> there you go. But 5,089 says it. I think we are going to finally get XRP to break out to the upside. Um, it's oh, it's well overdue. You now have the ruling behind us. The monkey is off its back. The having is coming. The BTC ETF is coming. Liquidity is coming. There is going to be so many. There is no reason why XRP should not be breaking all-time highs. I am frankly expecting it. I've been saying it on this show. I expect somewhere between all-time high and $12, somewhere in that range. I don't know exactly where we're going to go because once you get above all-time highs, we are now talking speculative speculative highs and we're in what's called you know undiscovered territory what's it called price discovery so who knows where it's going to set the next high but i do believe it's going to be somewhere between you know obviously above the all-time high to 12 dollars somewhere in that windows where i think we'll find an all new time high buddy Mario, you had an interesting take yesterday on the show, and I think many of our listeners are acknowledging it this morning as well. I want to give a shout out to the live chat. We have so many comments in our live chat. It's unbelievable. So thank you for showing up this morning, and thank you for all the happy birthday wishes. I do appreciate every single one of you. And again, I'm going to give a special shout out to my mom. I know she's listening. I got the best mom in the world, guys. Just a reminder about that. But Mario, one of the things I want to talk about with the XRP price chart. Say that again. Oh, I said you just want a present. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. Am I right, guys? Well, let me just break this down. So the historical patterns show something very unique is happening in the XRP price chart. So we talked about the long-term patterns. Now let's break down some of the nuances here, Mario. The Golden Cross has been confirmed only three times on the XRP price chart. That is when the 200-week moving average, 200-day moving average passes the 50-week moving average. Okay, and very important to know. The first time we saw this, we got a 60,000% surge over the la over the next 12 months. In 2020, we got the same indicator, but the SEC sued Ripple directly after, which led to a 40% dip and then a 1,000% rise. Well, that same indicator showed up here last week on the four-day price chart, Mario. And so with all of this optimism in the market, we've got all this utility possibly entering the scene. How does this factor into your decision-making? Keeping in mind what you said yesterday, that you may be too heavily leveraged into XRP in your opinion, but that's a personal issue, right? Yes, it's definitely a personal thing. And and I'll, so I'll explain because yesterday, I think I may have said some things that probably weren't well explained, but basically I am heavily into XRP. It's more than 50% of my portfolio. So the reason that is, is because what, three years ago when we had a lawsuit and we had that massive dip, I went all in on XRP because I saw the opportunity. Now what happened through the last bull run is that we didn't get the all-time highs or we didn't even get the prices to even trigger my exit exit uh, targets or exit strategy. And that is why XRP continued to remain as a big part of my portfolio. Now, the one thing we discussed yesterday is there's no reason for XRP to not go um, above all-time high this, this time around because there's clarity. It, it, we didn't have the clarity the last bull run, but now it's actually one of the only assets with with clarity. So it, it needs to go up. It needs to make new all-time highs. The problem is, what if it doesn't? <laughs> and we discussed the make or break moment, right? And for me, I explained that 
if it doesn't this time around, that's going to be the second cycle that I hold this big bag of XRP and 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 don't do anything with it, don't take any profits. And for me, that would be a break moment because I don't think I would hold it for another cycle or until another cycle. And what I mean is that I wouldn't hold all of it. What I mean is I would I would uh, probably let go of some of it so that I can reorganize my portfolio accordingly. Because I don't want to continue to have 50 plus percent exposure into just one cryptocurrency. I want to properly allocate it the same way that we always keep telling everybody they should do. I want to preface that 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 um, that for myself. And so that's what I would do. I'll let go of some of it uh, at whenever we we're, we're above. I really think that we're going to go up in price regardless. But we might. I, I don't know. Who knows? We might not get to the levels people are are expecting for whatever reason. Johnny, yeah. very briefly, I just want to ask you before we're going to kick it to Jackie as well, but I want to ask you guys the question that I have for Jackie. Let's start with you. Is do you agree with Mario? Is this a make or break moment for XRP? Whatever's on your mind in regards to the Golden Cross, we can kind of put that to the side for now. But just looking at this price chart, we have ten years of data sitting in front of us, and for six and a half years, we've been trading sideways for the most part. So. It, I, while I do agree with Mario that it is kind of a make or break moment, I think there'll always be another narrative. I think there'll always be another bull market. And so I'm 50-50 here. I'd love to defer to you and then we'll kick it to Johnny. Um, I would actually have to agree with Mario in my opinion. I actually just had lunch with my brother uh, a couple days ago and he's not much into crypto, but he was kind of he was kind of like are you gonna like quit your job when you you know after this bull run because you know this is kind of it that was kind of his opinion of of crypto and the bull market and things like that and i was like number one you're crazy i would never leave and number two no matter what the situation but number two um it it is you know this next bull run in specific to XRP, there is a lot riding on this because I don't think there's anything fueling it as much as what we've been waiting for. The clarity with the case that we have seen and then this bull run coming up, there's just not, I mean, as far as like utility and everything, it'll, it'll definitely stick around. But as far as as far as like allocation of your portfolio, right? We still have yet to see other things come into the market and and things like that. But I would I would have to agree with Mario. I might even if it doesn't do what I'm expecting as well because it didn't perform last bull market. Um, so we're all kind of waiting for this market. If it doesn't get back to all time highs at least, right? Why would you Why would you kind of sit there and continue to think that anything would happen to fuel it in the next one. So this is the one that everyone's kind of been waiting for um, just because of those things. So you're spot would- on. And think about what could have happened last time. If we didn't have the sec lawsuit, maybe we would have had that momentum to break all time high because even during the lawsuit, and this is a really cool stat, Jackie, think about this. So when XRP or sorry, ripple was sued, XRP's price was 70 cents. XRP went from 17 cents to $1.90 during the bull market. If you took that same growth rate and put it on top of 70 cents, it takes us to the highest liquidity trading range for XRP, meaning we would have been testing all-time high at about $2.75 when you talk about real liquidity. Johnny, you following me here? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. 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 Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, man. That Benadryl is really kicking in strong. Um you know, one thing I'll say is I, I agree. I agree with with you guys. Who's taking Benadryl at ten a.m.? I got the hives. You <laughs> want to see him? You want me to show you? He's you celebrating. I won't show you the hives. I won't show you. But anyway, I just want. I don't say know this. what you were gonna do. This I was gonna show you the rash, but I'm just kidding. Uh, but anyway, listen. Here's the thing. This is the last 
go ride, in my opinion, for, for XRP, for the holders who have it. When you look, I look at my Twitter page, you look at your Twitter page, there, the sentiment on Twitter is so, um, what's the negative? Word? No, not negative. Pessimistic? But, no, not pessimistic. I got, I'll spit it out here. Impatient. When, when I read the comments that people say to me when I post XRP stuff, they're literally saying, Johnny, six years of it. I can't take it much longer. I can feel people are on the verge of ready to dump it, but they're all holding on to it and doing exactly what, what Mario just said. They're waiting for this bull run because XRP has no excuse now. There's no monkey on its back, and they're waiting to see what it should do. If it doesn't break all times highs, it's going to break. Mark these words, Mario. Make sure you clip this for later. And then it's probably going to bash me for it. But if it, does, if, if it doesn't break all-time highs after this, it's definitely going to break all-time lows because people are going to dump this thing faster yep. than a hot potato if it doesn't bust through the all-time high, this, this bull run. Mark Mario. Go yeah, ahead. and here's and here's the thing. Like we're, I, I, in my opinion, we're twelve to eighteen months away from me having to make this decision. So there's plenty of time for XRP to move. There's plenty of time for us to see what this bull market's going to bring, where XRP is going to go, and I'm going to be selling at a profit because, I mean, for me personally, I'm already at a profit at these levels. So unless unless we go down from here, which is very unlikely, but anything could happen, uh, I'll be selling at a profit. So I'm not going to beat myself. So then there's plenty of time as well to to make that decision. I want to remind our listeners, the question in the live chat that we posted today is, which token do you think will break its all-time high first, XRP, XLM, or Quant Network? As I'm looking at the live results right now, these are pretty shocking, Johnny. I'm going to make, I'm going to put a little bit of a teaser in here. Ooh. These are some shocking results, and XRP may not be leading the pack. We'll reveal that at the end of the show. Johnny, last comment here before we move on to some serious news articles. We are going to talk about JP Morgan, and we're going to talk about Gary Gensler as well. But when you say this is a make-or-break moment for XRP, I think you mean this in a very specific manner. People could take this out of context and say, oh, you're saying it's going to go to zero or it's going to go to 589, right? So yeah, yeah, no, I'm not saying I can that. explain it for you. I know you're not saying that. Go ahead. Yeah. So what, what Johnny is saying is that for people who are currently holding the token, many of us could have allocated that capital into other projects, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, Chainlink. And now it's getting to a point where, yeah, even if XRP does get to three to $5 and lab listeners, please let me know how you think about this. I think there's a ton of XRP investors who are going to be quick to sell and then put that into other assets. Now, the question that I have for Johnny is, are you anticipating the same thing? Or is it more of just people are upset when the price is down, but then, you know, the over-optimism enters the market when the price starts to go up. So I'm going to give you the open floor. What's really happening here in your your opinion? Yeah, I think that's just it's exactly right. Is people are frustrated. Here's what's happening. Remember what people said on this show? When, before we had the the ruling in the case, everybody said, when we asked them what what was going to happen with XRP in our chat, everybody thought we were going to 5 or $10. A good chunk of people, not everybody, said we were going to 5 to $10. And then, Abs, you asked us, and I said, we're not breaking a dollar, right? We're going to go back to where we were. And that's what we did. But the problem is, everybody else thought we were going 5 to $10, and that didn't happen. So that creates a large failure expectation. And so people are sitting there and saying, what the heck? How did this thing not break it? There's no monkey on its back. The reason why it didn't break it is because there was no liquidity also in the market at the time to come and drive it higher than, you know, the liquidity that's in the market today just shifting around. And that's what happened. It did exactly what Mario did. People probably sold one thing to go buy another thing or to buy some of it to get in. 
And now they're holding the bag at 80, 90 cents, right? So now what you need to happen is there's a whole new flood of new money that's going to be coming into the space during the next halving. And people are expecting that money to find some of its way to XRP. And Mario, the question to you is, do you think some money, enough money will find its way there to bust the all-time high? I think so. Like that's how I'm that's how I'm creating my plan. I, I really believe that XRP is going to set new all-time highs this bull run because everything, all the right pieces are in place. It's like you just said, you can buy it anywhere now. It's not restricted. Uh, it's got the the regulatory clarity. It's actually the only crypto with regulatory clarity besides Bitcoin, but legally on some form of law, it's the only one with, with clarity. So it has everything to really go up and, and set new all-time time highs. But if it doesn't, for whatever reason, and we keep seeing the price of XRP just go up and then just comes back down. It, it's so it's so uh, strange and frustrating at the same time as an XRP investor because you finally get that moment of excitement. Uh, Solana investors have had a great last few weeks because Solana just keeps going up higher. You know, even AVAX, like all these top coins are behaving. And XRP, yes, it's up, but it's it's not up the way that it should have been or the way that I would like it for it to be, right? I guess that's just the, that's my opinion. But I, yeah. I think so. I think so, Johnny. Um, I really, I really think that we are going to set you all time highs. Sorry, Jackie. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, I, I mean, XRP, if we, everyone kind of knows, you know, the trend of the market, right? When we go into the bull, when we go into the bull run, right? Bitcoin, money flows from Bitcoin into the, the mid caps, you know, and XRP sitting at number five um, in market cap in the market, like people would just be like, what the heck's going on if it didn't break all time highs and everything else did. So I would definitely agree with Mario there. That would just be kind of fishy, but I, I think a lot of people would lo lose hope. Like I, I, I see a lot of people in the chat saying, saying, no, it's a long game, but like, it's been a long game and we've been, you know, we're the ones kind of front waving this market. And so we know the utility aspect, a lot of people, a new investors that are going to swarm into the market that don't have any idea about utility or anything behind these coins. If they're seeing something that's not moving, they're not going to invest in that. They're just going to throw their money in something else. So I definitely would have to agree with Mario on that. I think a lot of people would be pretty confused if, if XRP didn't at least hit its all time high that we've seen in the past. Yeah. And let me just wrap this subject up with one last thing that I think is important is if you think of why XRP was such a fan favorite in 2017 apps, it was for two reasons. One, there weren't that many coins. And two, it had one of the best, strongest narratives. Hey, this thing is going to be the coin that's a cross-border payment coin for all the banks in the world. I mean, that's a huge narrative. Who wouldn't get behind that? You know what the problem is in 2023? Two things. One, that narrative is no longer new. And two, that narrative hasn't happened yet. And so the problem is with those two things, the reality is for this XRP to have another run, A, you need new liquidity. That's coming in so you can check the box there. But the second thing you need is a new story. What's the narrative that's going to drive this thing to pump this on bitch to all-time highs again? And so now you see Ripple talking about playing in all these different spaces, growing in all these different things. Is that going to be the new narrative that brings hope back to Ripple or to XRP, the ledger? We'll have to wait and see.
Johnny, we got 630 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. You talked about how a new narrative is going to be needed to drive the conversation forward. That's what we're going to dive into at the end of this show as Ripple is issuing a white paper on CBDCs and it really elaborates on the potential of this new product. And just to preface this, look at this quote right here. CBDCs are needed to support the most significant positive impacts of asset tokenization and increasingly targeted mechanism for transforming tangible assets into digital tokens stored on the blockchain. Johnny Crypto, make no, no dispute, no question about it. When you're talking about Ripple tokenizing assets, they are going to do it on the XRPL, and there's plenty of evidence to prove that. But Jackie, the title of today's episode was in regards to Ripple and XRP, and I think it would be misleading not to show this article before the end of the show. So I want to get your opinion on this as well. We broke down how XRP's price is set to go up significantly due to several catalysts, the price chart showing us indicators. Well, here's what's interesting. Every time the XRP price goes up, the stellar price, XLM, quickly follows. And now the price correlations aren't exactly the same, but this is a great example. As in October of this year, BlackRock came out with some news that they were going to be launching an XRP ETF product, or at least there was a filing in Delaware. XRP's price went from 63 cents to 70 cents during that time. But this is what's interesting. Stellar, the exact same price movement during the exact same period, yet there was no news involving the project. So with that being said, what do you take away from these correlations here? Once XRP starts moving, it might be safe to assume XLM will do the same thing. Yeah, that's something that we've always kind of seen in the markets. The those kind those two um, coins, you know, traditionally are are in the same movement pattern. Um, I, I'll say last bull run XLM really was disappointing as well to a lot of people. I was I was someone who was pretty disappointed. XLM did not perform as well as I thought it would as well. So. Um, yeah, I would say that if that's another thing for this next bull, bull market is if if XLM doesn't, you know, follow the price of XRP or if it doesn't go up um, in what is that in correlation with XRP's price, I think that would be, you know, kind of something fishy also just, yep. um, you know, they kind of have a similar utility case also. So I think that's that's why we've seen that in the past. And Johnny Crypto is shaking his head, not because of anything you're saying, Jackie, but because of Alchemist in the live chat. And if I there's something that. that XRP and XLM have in common, hold on, hold on, my guy. If there's anything that XRP and XLM have in common, it's that they both run on proof of weight, Johnny Crypto. So whenever, whenever the industry shifts over to proof of weight, these projects are set to profit. So with that being said, floor is yours, Johnny. Abs, I got to give it to Alchemist, man. That is by far one of the <laughs> most cleverest and funniest comments I've seen on the show. He is so spot on. Proof of weight. And for us, it's proof of patience. P.O.P. and P.O.W. Because, proof man, proof of pain, <laughs> patience, whatever you want to call it. Because you have to have all of that uh, <laughs> to, to, uh, to what do you call it, Abs? But it's so, it's so true. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was great. Thanks for that because that actually gave me uh, – you know, <laughs> that was fantastic. You know what, Abs? Going back to the point to wrap it up. This is what I'm talking about. Thank you, Ivan, for your comment. This is exactly, here, read that. Oh, somebody took it down. But this is exactly what the issue is here. People were expecting XRP Abs to do something beyond where it is today with legal clarity, and we didn't get that. And that is driving a lot of frustration and why I'm saying that I think this is the last hurrah 
for XRP for the current bull holders, current XRP holders, our XRP army, they have to see it do something to get their money back to get to all-time highs. Or I think you're going to see these bags getting dropped. You're spot on. And I just had another thought, Mario. I want to get your opinion on this is that XRP's case and Ripple's case is not over yet. So like we, as much as we know that the judge made a ruling, we need official closure from, from point A to point Z, Johnny Crypto. And I think that happens sometime around April. We're also going to get some positive price action and correspondence, it appears. But look at what it did after the breakout, guys. Remember this. When XRP broke out originally, it was a massive, massive bull. I mean, look at that candle, Johnny Crypto. It went from 40 cents to 96 cents in a day. Now, was it sustained? No. Do people have right to be frustrated? Probably. Probably. But if you zoom out and look at the direction we're trending, this set the stage for what we're going to experience in 2024. We broke out. We created a significantly higher high here. Retraced, made a higher low. Oh. And now what are we doing? We're in the process of trending up once again. So yeah. And you know, what, it over to you. you know what that really does, Abs? It's going to sound like a cheap plug, but it sets the stage to make sure you have an exit plan. This chart, look at that chart. I mean, I'm not saying because I'm saying, I don't use them. I don't care if you don't want to. Just make sure you have an exit plan because look at that chart. If you don't, you know what you're going to do? You're going to watch it go all the way up. And you're going to watch it come all the way back down. And it's going to have abs. What's the time frame on that? How fast did that happen? Within a week, couple weeks? Dude, you're I mean, looking at a daily candle. Oh, I'm That's looking. a one-day candle mm -hmm. on that wick. No, 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 no. But I'm looking at from the time it went up to 90 cents to roll back down to 60 again. It was like from July to September. Within two months, that thing gave everything back. So, guys, make sure you have an exit plan. If you don't know how to get one or you don't have one, go to Merlin. Try it out. 30 days, free day. Link is below in the video. Go sign up and try it because you need to prepare yourself. You have to change your mindset. And what's great about Merlin, I've had so many people tell me, Abs, like, Johnny, you know what I love about the exit plan? It forces me to think. It forces me to make an exit plan that I didn't even think I needed to do. That is alone is the one of the key benefits in it. So, you know, and the reason why you want to do that is because of those charts. Those charts are not sustainable. They don't hold the prices over time in the long run, Abs. So you need to have an exit plan or you're not going to be able to capitalize on the profits when they come. This is just a great example of what an exit plan is, guys. Go in, figure out exactly what you want your profits to be, and then set the price targets and do the mental math. We got 623 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Mario, I'm going to give you some statements while I pull up the user poll. What's on your mind, my friend? Yeah, you got to get Merlin. That's what's on my mind. It was the last thing you spoke about, but um, hundred percent. Like the, the you're having a game plan is the best thing you can do because um, it it makes you it makes you be um, disciplined and it creates it creates this thing where you're able to see exactly uh, what your investment thesis is. And last bull run, I didn't have Merlin, but I I, I did create an exit target. We had a spreadsheet at the time. And I did create an exit uh, exit strategy for a lot of my cryptos, and I was very disciplined to it. And I took a few uh, like profits off the table. So it's really important. And just having Merlin automate that process now, where I no longer need to be checking actively, I can get notifications right on my on my phone or through email and text message. That's a game changer. Absolutely, mm -hmm. guys.
Hey, you like, uh, Jackie wants to make a comment. I'm gonna give her the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One last thing about that too, guys. I mean, you. I mean, the end game doesn't end with that. Once you're taking your profits, everyone's thinking like, "Yeah, I did it," you know, right? But it's like, what are you gonna invest in after that? Mm. This is a market, just like anything else. When one market is up, another one's down. Whether it's stocks, whether it's crypto, whether it's real estate, whether it's insurance. So that's the next game plan that people need to have in mind. And so I want to bring up, you know, scheduling. Oh, Sorry. No, um, I want to bring up too, you know, life insurance, things like that. That's how the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers got where they're at. So if, yes, that, guys. if that's something on your mind, definitely, you know, come see what we're doing at the at the academy and then what I'm what I'm studying behind the scenes, why I'm not on here. <laughs> awesome, guys. We gotta end the show. Love you. Thank you. 